You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on the Legal Talk Network. This is Jason Marsh, and I am the chair of the Legal Marketing Interest Group for the Law Practice Division. Today's show is being recorded on location during the ABA mid-year meeting at George R. Brown Convention Center in downtown Houston, Texas. We're here to cover this event and its highlights for you, our listeners. Joining me now is Micah Bookdahl from Morristown, New Jersey. Micah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for coming on. So we were just talking, so Morristown, just to be specific, it's not Morristown. Right. Because I grew up in uh, East Hanover, New Jersey. So now, so you're former... Uh, chair of the law practice division, right? That's correct. And and so you're you're an internet marketer, or you're you're a marketer, not focused necessarily on the internet, but also a practicing lawyer. Yeah, the bulk of my business deals with working with law firms around the country on marketing and business development strategies. Um, out of that, sort of came a uh, what, what I call my practice, which is uh, an ethics practice that's very niche. It only ha- I only handle advertising and marketing restrictions as they relate to law firms. In terms of uh, state bar regulations, and that that's 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 tough to keep up on that, right? Because every state bar has this crazy list of various uh, you know rules for advertising, and and how, how does that impact with all the different stuff that's happening online now? When you have Twitter and just all the rules, then how it impacts that? Well, I mean, it's a it's a fa- fascinating area, um, be, just because as you said, it's it's different across the board from state to state. And even though the model rules are pretty similar. The enforcement mechanisms from state to state vary, um, and uh, and then they're very they're specifics as in relation to various disclaimers, uh, solicitation rules. A lot of times in the comments from state to state, um, and so law firms really have uh, you know it's difficult to uh, make sure that you're always in compliance across the board because you're usually no longer just looking at your hometown or your home state. So it used to be, you know, if you go back 20 years, you'd be thinking, um, you know, I have to comply. Like, I'm I'm only licensed in Pennsylvania, for example. I'm a Pennsylvania licensed attorney. Um, So you would only think PA. Because that's the only place you're advertising. Yeah, that's where you are. But, you know, as you said, with the Internet, you're all over. The reach is worldwide. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to comply worldwide, but the the chances of you being involved in various multi-jurisdictional uh, matters so does is that much mean, greater. Uh, a lawyer say they're practicing in New Jersey, but their tweet, you know, can certainly be read in, in Pennsylvania or California. Can one of those bars uh, come after one a lawyer because they've not followed their specific? Because it seems like it'd be pretty tough. To yeah, that would be pr- pretty tough. There used there, there used to be a um, there was a, a I don't believe he's still the disciplinary counsel, but there was a guy in Connecticut who argued for a period of time that uh, if he could access your information in the state of Connecticut that you fell under his rules. Um, I remember sitting with him on a panel at an American uh, Association of Professional Responsibility Lawyers program a number of years ago, and I was just rolling my eyes on the dais next to him because that was obviously a ridiculous... Yeah, uh, that's pretty far-reaching. But but that was his mindset. The reality is what, what I usually look at is, you know, are you marketing into a particular state? Are you doing something that says, you know, I am now within the jurisdiction of New York or Florida? Um, And that might be uh, in the messaging itself. Uh, If it was online, it might be, for example, I've I've seen uh, law firms that are Pennsylvania based advertise in New Jersey. Right. And so if like you put very close to the border, exactly. so, you know, the, the say you're not licensed in New Jersey, like I'm not, 
and uh, you don't have an office in New Jersey, but you choose to run an ad in a New Jersey publication. Um, you know, like you now fall really under, under the New Jersey bar. rules. So. And so, so, and I want to talk to you more about what you do as a marketer, but, but just real quick, when you say you work, you know, in your practice in ethics, very, what is your role and, and how do you help lawyers in that respect? Um, you help other lawyers? Or? Yeah, I help other okay. lawyers. Yeah, yeah. So basically, most of the time, it's a, uh, an, a law, an attorney or a, a firm that is uh, looking to make sure that they're compliant in whatever they're looking to do. Uh, A lot of times if I'm working with a larger law firm, they'll have uh, offices in, let's say, 15 states. Okay. And they'll say, Micah, you know, here are the 15 states we're in. We're planning on doing this. Um, Yeah, can you make sure everything's kosher? Um, And then on the flip side, you know, there'll be, you know, a firm will say, um, you know, we're we're thinking of doing this. Uh, We're now going to be in, you know, Ohio. Um, so we're getting ready to go in Ohio. Is there anything that I need to worry about? Because we're going to be there now. And so, you know, I think the, you know, one of the funniest anecdotes I always tell people is I had a firm in the Northeast not that long ago call me and say, you know, oh, we're getting ready to um, open an office in Florida. Are there any rules in Florida that we should be aware of that we should be concerned about? I just started laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's and, like the worst yeah, place. Yeah, I'm from like, Florida. Well, yeah. I live in Florida now. And uh I feel like I talk to a lot of attorneys when I ask them about that. They're like, oh, we're actually suing the bar right now, trying to get some rule changed or make it, you know, just, just more clarified or more more friendly. Yeah, Florida, you know, Florida's one of the toughest states. There are about a dozen states that, you know, where my antenna kind of goes up when you mention them. And then there are other states where, you know, they, you know, even, again, even though the same rules might be in place, there's no enforcement mechanism. And, and what so, is, what is the, if, if you run afoul of these laws or, or the bar rules, what are the potential penalties for a firm? Well, I mean, the potential penalties are all great, but realistically, um, you know, if, if you've never done anything wrong before, um, they point it out and you usually fix it. Um, and that's another thing that I usually will talk to a firm about. They'll be like, we got in trouble. What do you think we should do? And um, and so I'll say, well, have you been in trouble before? Yeah, right. <laughs> because you're a repeat offender. right. Because okay. if you're, you know, and, and then every once in a while, as you mentioned, like every once in a while, you get some of these firms. You know, usually they're small plaintiffs firms that are like, I don't agree with the bar, and, and I'm not going to change what I'm doing, and you know, let's go to court. Um, and so that. Uh, and will you go to court? And, no, and, I will not go to because okay. I probably am not licensed in whatever jurisdiction okay. that is taking place in. Um, so. Uh, in that case, you'd need local counsel. A lot of times, too, I would. Um, there was a, t- a period of time where um, Public Citizen, which is a uh, lobbying organization that's uh, Ralph Nader uh, okay. organized in D.C., they're usually the uh, litigators that are actually involved in the suit against the state bars and many of these issues. Oh, that's um, interesting. And so they're the ones that finance and usually fund, you know, the litigation. Uh, and so I remember one time calling um, calling one of the attorneys at Public Citizen saying, like, you got to do something about this state. They're overreaching. This particular rule. And um, he'll say, like, well, bring me the, pla- you know, bring me the plaintiff. And um, I was like, oh, well, well, you know, um, you know, the guys that I work with don't want to, you know, they yeah. don't want their name in yeah, lights. They don't want to be the uh, exactly. They don't want to be the poster child. Um, so, uh, so I remember the guy saying to me one time, like, well, if you bring me a firm, like, we can, you know, we can fix we can, this rule. We can yeah. do something about it. Uh, so th- they're usually looking for, you know, aggressive advertising sort of plaintiff firms that are willing to, you know, well, that's good to know that that their- exists. And I think, you know, for some of the listeners that 
you know, maybe have problems with laws or run, th- this could be a way for them to go ahead and uh, at least address it. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, most of the time, I mean, it's a matter of uh, if you understand the rules, um, you know, it's not that hard to comply, really, in the end. But what about the submission process? And, and you know, so do you need to really – so let's talk some marketing and, 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 and kind of go into that. But if you do have a campaign you want to run and you say this is your first time out, it's important to be mindful of the fact that, hey, you got to submit this stuff. It's, it's going to take time. So if you need this out next week, it's just not going to happen. Well, most states don't have a uh, – pre-submission um, or a submission process. Oh, they I mean, don't. Yeah, so no. you just go out, you just make sure. Yeah. Because I, I thought I had read, and again, some of this stuff's tough to understand, but in Florida, that, and I don't think no, Florida for, has one. Well, you have yeah. to submit it. Right. I think you have to pay for it, too. Yep. And yeah, so you you're writing a budget. check for 50 bucks or whatever, along with the form, and it can be a, a, yeah, and it, a and real think, hassle. Yeah, and it's and I think it, it doesn't turn around very quickly, and I think then, then there's another fee. If you need it back, you know, this week, it's, oh, it's not 50, it's 250, and so. Yeah, there, there, there are a handful of states in which there's that submission process. Um, and then there were some states, there was, you know, a lot of, a lot of the states that have tried to, um, you know, put together rules that, that I would suggest might overreach. Um, they never actually come to fruition because they're challenged at some point and they're kind of shot down, um, you know, because the idea is that, you, you know, you need to be able to operate in sort of a free market. Um, Louisiana was one, you know, probably, it's probably been 10 years now, but, they wanted to at one point they were suggesting that like every Google AdWord campaign was a, a separate ad campaign that would then oh, you require know, well that and that's in fact I know well I, I know the law firm in Louisiana and New Orleans that uh, that sued the, the Louisiana State Bar. Uh, I, th- I think it was that issue, but it was definitely over an AdWords issue. And what they cited was that it's a, there's a character limit, and you can't fit the firm's name and the location and all the requirements that they had for a, a traditional ad into a you know 25 or 35 right. character uh, line. Yeah, no, they had they had some crazy they had some crazy rules. I mean, a lot of times you end up getting. I mean, I, I found that some of the boards. You know, some of the disciplinary boards or the ethics boards in some of these states, the the ladies and gentlemen that are putting the rules together don't really understand sort of modern business. I won't even just say marketing. Um, You know, so you know, so they don't understand. You know, they don't understand that the rules that they're putting in place are you know nonsensical and you know can't be can't even be done. Yeah, it's impossible Um, to implement. Like I think the Florida bar did the something you know where you had to have the the, you know the city and someone's name in the firm and Twitter and 140 characters where you know barely have room to say hello no exactly exactly you know and like I said Florida Florida's difficult Florida's tough in that you have to you, you, you really have to pay attention state? like if, if you're uh, a lawyer you want to do some aggressive advertising what's the easiest state yeah well I won't you know here's the thing if I tell if oh, I that, name them that's then, not ethical no then they they'll oh then, you know, then they won't I, use you well, or they'll they'll sit there and go, oh, you think we're easy? Like, uh, oh, and all of a sudden they're turning all of a Florida. sudden, you know, <laughs> you know. But uh, no, because there, there's some states where, uh, and I've had this conversation with some ethics professor. I remember an ethics professor I had the conversation with where I said, you know, that I, I go out of my way to never really let people know who my clients are. Like, I don't publish my client list. Like, you go on my website, there's no representative clients. Um, Because I was always fearful that if I, you know, spoke openly about how a state bar functioned in a, you know, a fashion that wasn't completely positive, that they might, you know, somehow pinpoint one of my clients and make their life a little bit difficult. Yeah, of course. Um, And, of course, that would never really happen, but... um, 
you know, uh, I, I, I just as well uh, not not test it. But there, New I mean, Hampshire. I'd say, you know, I've never seen a, a New Hampshire matter. So, you know, so when I think back of the years of, you know, I know the states that I see them in and the states that I don't. And, uh, yeah, I mean, technically, you know, like, so, you know, I've had people challenge, I teach a lot of ethics CLEs on this topic. So I've had people challenge me afterwards. They're like, you know, you're, you know, if you tell a, you know, a law firm that they don't have to comply with the rules because nobody enforces them, you know, you're violating the rules yourself because you're a member of the bar and you're, you know, you're right. held you to an ethical that, standard, right? right? And, um, and I'm always like, well, I don't, you know, I don't, ex- I don't say that. But what I do say is that, you know, if, if a, you know, if a state bar is not regulating their advertising and a bunch of law firms are kind of running wild, which happens in a lot of markets, um, the law firm that really does want to obey by the, you know, sort of abide by the letter of the well, law, they're at a disadvantage. They're at a disadvantage. Then. They're at like a horrible competitive disadvantage. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, in, in certain practice areas, you know, aggressive consumer driven practice areas, um, you know, if there, there are markets where if they sit there and go, like, I'm going to obey every rule right to the letter, like, you'll, you can't compete. What are you'll the most popular practice areas that are, that are doing this type of advertising or any type of advertising? Where, where do you see that? You yeah, know, well, I mean, obviously, injury, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's number one. Obviously, but, personal injury and DUI, mesothelioma, you know, and, and cla- you yeah, know, related mesothelioma. classes. Yeah, I see a lot of that. Um, you know, so th- those are areas. I mean, that's one thing that from a, you know, a marketing, you know, forget the ethics part, like on a marketing standpoint, when a firm says, um, you know, we want to, you know, we want to get more business in a certain practice area in a certain market. Uh, a lot of times what we do is we look at the competitive nature of that space, you know, and so we'll, we'll say, I'll say like, okay, how do, you know, is DUI in Erie, Pennsylvania, a highly competitive space? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. And there's really no for, magic formula for figuring out it's not based on density or geography. Right. It's really, a lot of times, it's, you know, are there a couple of aggressive firms uh, if that are heavily investing in advertising in that space? That'll tell you that will t- there must be something something out there. Yeah, there, either there's something out there or, like, maybe you do or don't want to, you know, compete in that space. And uh, and so if it, if it comes down to dollars and cents, a lot of times we're trying to figure out... Um, you know, how much would it cost to effectively compete in that space? Or can you even, you know, I mean, if, uh, look, there, there are plenty of law firms that spend, you know, millions of dollars annually on marketing. And if that's what they're doing in a space that you want to uh, go after, you're probably not going to beat yeah, them you're gonna with a $25,000 budget. Um, so, and those are the, you know, that's the, you know, that's the plaintiff side or the almost all, always the consumer side of the practice. Versus, um, you know, when I work with corporate firms in which, obviously, what you're doing is completely different. With your, uh, so what kind of stuff do you do for a corporate firm? Because I want to get into some of the sure. marketing work that you do. Well, like the larger firms, a lot of times the, the first thing I'm doing is going in and evaluating what they're doing and what they're spending. And that might be, it might be staffing, it might be budget, um, and, you know, taking a look at, you know, what they're doing online, what they're doing with CRM, if they're doing that, what they're doing with advertising, whether it's print ads, what they're doing with RFPs, brochures. So you'll take a global view I will t- of, of yeah. all the different facets yeah. of their marketing. And that's really the, that's kind of at the core is I'll sit there and I'll look at, you know, I'll look at everything down to, you know, how much your Martindale Hubble bill is. Is, um, is versus, that worth it? Is Martindale Hubble worth it? Uh, you know, most, the, the directory listings, are those yeah, worth it? In most cases in yeah. 2015, no. But there are, to, there, there are times where on occasion, because of, again, because of the type of practice or the market, 
uh, I'll give you an example for uh, you know when I'd recommend it is a lot of times in a smaller market where the likelihood of me knowing somebody in that market is extremely low. Um, I might I so might say like a trust uh, symbol or a credibility yeah, type of thing yeah, but for I'll, the consumer. But like, here's an example. Like, say somebody comes to you say, uh, someone's grandmother died. They're a client of ours. They they died in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, uh, who do you know in Tulsa? Okay, and what, is, what do you do at most firms? Everybody goes to everybody else. They send a group email. Anybody know anybody who does trust estates in Tulsa? Okay, well, there's a good chance that the answer will be no, right? In Philly, uh, that you know, no one will know anyone in Tulsa. You are more likely to then go to a Marndale and look up the trust estates lawyer in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, so as opposed to so if, you're saying a lawyer will go to the Martindale yeah, oh, and look exactly. it up, and oh, and so they'll look at what they find there, right. and, and go from that. So, yeah. so because I've always wondered, you know, I don't, you know, do consumers are they on Martindale no, or is it so it's other lawyers? That's what I've always suspected. Even if they're just looking up themselves, yeah, I mean, they want to see their own name in there somewhere, but. Yeah, the, the uh, I mean, the, the Marndale business on the consumer side is all the is what they had always invested in lawyers.com, and that's changed yeah. a lot over the time. I'm not even sure they still own that piece, you know. But the reality is, like again, Marndale Hubble is something that's recognized by lawyers, and so so if you do a lot of lawyer to lawyer referrals, and you're in a market or a very specialized practice in which people are not likely to know someone. And when a lawyer refers to another uh, lawyer, are they getting any sort of referral? Some, sometimes they are. Yeah, sometimes is you there are an expectation some, to do that, or is it just a professional it's, courtesy? It's a. It varies. I mean, to some extent, it's a. You know, I, I've always considered it a professional courtesy. When I, I mean, I refer business to other right. lawyers, and I don't. I never expect anything in return. Um, it depends on the the nature of the relationship. There's somewhere, you know, like there there are a lot of attorneys where they'll wait. You'll get called. You know, you'll meet with the the you'll meet with the attorney, bring them in, and then um, and then they'll refer it out. But you'll bring them in as a client and then refer it out, and then you'll take it. And your, then I guess the piece. hope there is, you know, you build relationships in the broader community. Um, only got a minute or so left here, but but the I guess I want so when you mentioned you work, what size firms are we talking? And and because I want to establish that, and then what are the types of tactics that you find are, are working most effectively today? Just to give someone a well, a I mean, my, the firms that I work with literally vary from you know six to five hundred, and so obviously what I'm doing with a five hundred attorney firm. So is what's a lot the best to, thing a, a small firm at six six you know guys can do, and, and or gals and and, and a five hundred? Like what's the what well, I'd say again, like the small, the smaller firm. Again, just generalizing that your budget's going to be, you know, not minimal, but you know, not extensive. You know, I always, I always say that, you know, you do have to start with your online presence first. Uh, it's the che- it's the it's the it's the cheapest way to reach the most people. And then on the flip side, if you got the you know the larger firm, again, they're different because they're not counting on people to find you know they're they're sitting there going people either know us or they don't. They're not looking for us cold. Um, and in those cases, it's really a matter of investing in particular industries and longer term strategies. And so what I try to do at like say a larger firm is identify an industry or a, you know sometimes it's a particular client, but usually it's a it's a space and try to 
generate business in that space, and it's a longer it's a longer term thing. It might be three to five years. Uh, it's almost a branding. Where, yeah, uh, exactly. Exercise. Where you try to where you try to sort of you know I don't want to infiltrate a certain area. Um, and then invest in things surrounding that. Like that might include it might include conferences, it might include magazines, it might include speaking or writing. But gotcha. um, it's a little bit of a longer a well, longer cool. term this, deal. Mike, this is awesome. If someone wants to get a hold of you, how do, how do they reach you? What's well, they can find me. Uh, they can find me online at htmlawyers.com. Uh, okay. My blog, which is tied to it, is called marketingattorney.com. Uh, I write for the. Law Practice Magazine, uh, every other issue as the marketing columnist, and uh, you can usually find my stuff in there. And uh, my ten-year-old daughter always Google's me, and they're like thirty pages of ABA <laughs> stuff there. Uh, All right, so, you're so it an, goes you're way back. Easy guy to find. All yeah. right, so it's so it's Michael Bookdahl. Um, thanks a lot for joining us today. Uh, it's really been great. So it uh, looks like we've reached the end of our program. Thanks again. Uh, appreciate you joining us today. Thanks. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.